And one night with my face in the carpet, literally in our little apartment in North Minneapolis, I said, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'm tired of this conflict. I just want peace knowing I'm in your will. Do you need a spiritual spark? Are you feeling run down or run over? Are you ready to eliminate the spiritual ups and downs? This is Fresh Faith in Real Life. Let's restore life in your walk with Christ. We'll dive into our featured guest interviews, biblical devotional thoughts, answers to your questions, and more. Your walk with Christ isn't meant to be a performance. It's all about relationship. Let's get to know Jesus and experience fresh faith in real life. Here's John Fugler. Welcome to episode number 26 and coming up. How to know God's will when you're making a big decision. Meet our guest who just returned from the Persian Gulf. What God is doing that you never hear about. And when I came to a crossroads. This is Fresh Faith in Real Life, a ministry of Fresh Faith 24-7. I'm John Fugler on a quest to know Jesus and help a million believers know him too. I'm the author of a devotional series called Your Life with God, a lifelong Christian media guy, a husband, father, grandfather of eight and a half. (laughs) And personally, I want to know Jesus more each day. Paul said, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Find that in Philippians 3.8. I'm also the CEO of Fresh Faith 24-7. We lead you on a path to freedom in your walk with Christ. Were you with me last week? Uh, We dove into a book that has changed my relationship with Christ, and I'd like you to hear about it too. Uh, It's Sky Jathani's book, With reimagining the way you relate to God. And if you heard that, uh, good for you. If not, go back and listen. But I also asked this question. What book has changed your walk with Christ? What book has changed your walk with Christ? So go back and listen if you haven't already. And hey, you can let me know. Just email me. I got a link in the show notes. John at FreshFaith247.com. Would love to hear that. This week, we're going to tackle a subject that probably has one of the most Google searches ever. (laughs) What is God's will for my life? I don't think we should be searching Google for God's will, (laughs) but we need to search Christ, right? But I know people are are looking and asking that question. Well, our guest today will be sharing his story of seeking God's will at a major crossroads in his life. Now, we can learn from him his experience, and what he'll share with us. Some of the best quotes on how to know God's will, seeking God's will, it comes from a guy that uh, you know, Chuck Swindoll. I was, I was looking around, and Chuck just came up with one gem after another, and they're worth thinking about. The first one is this. When the Lord makes it clear you're to follow him in this new direction, focus fully on him and refuse to be distracted by comparisons with others. I'm going to include these in my show notes, by the way, uh, so you can look them up and, and think about them. Here, here's another one. Chuck said, God doesn't work on our timetable. He has a plan that he will execute perfectly and for the highest, greatest good of all and for his ultimate glory. Well, that's a bullseye, isn't it? God doesn't work on our our timetable. He has a plan that he will execute perfectly 
and for the highest, greatest good of all and for his ultimate glory. And check this one out from Chuck. He says, your call will become clear as you as your mind is transformed by reading scripture and the eternal internal work of God's spirit. Boy, I, I botched that one up. So I'm going to go back and start over on Chuck's quote here. He, he said this much better. <laughs> your call will become clear as your mind is transformed by the reading of scripture and the internal work of God's spirit. The Lord never hides his will from us. In time, as you obey the call first to follow, your destiny will unfold before you. The difficulty will lie in keeping other concerns from diverting your attention. Oh, that is wisdom. Those quotes from Chuck Swindoll. Again, I'll put these in in the show notes and you can uh, keep them on your device or print them out. Yeah, we're talking about God's will today. Hey, have you signed up yet for Fresh Bread for Fresh Faith? Speaking about getting into the Word so you know God's will. Well, that's where we go with this. And I would just uh, invite you invite you to get this and sign up for it. Uh, I believe knowing Christ is a secret to life. Knowing Christ really is the start. And the more we know him, the more we'll know his will, right? Yeah. Uh, Whatever you're dealing with as you're seeking God's will, whether it be a career decision, whether it be a personal decision, uh, whether it be something about parenting or marriage, whatever you're, you're looking to God for and his will, man, it's got to start with Christ. And so Fresh Bread for Fresh Faith is a three times a week devotional I send out, a 60-second read, send it out on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. And the design of this is to help you know Christ more deeply, to know him more deeply. My mission in life is to help a million believers know the Christ of the cross and That's why I spend so much time each week writing my Fresh Bread for Fresh Faith devotionals. And I'd love you to have it. As I said, just 60 seconds, you read through it as a springboard to start your day centered on Christ. It's not a replacement for your devotions, your quiet time, but it's a way to center on Christ. Deal with those things that that are really maybe robbing you of life or those things you're seeking God's will, well, sign up for Fresh Bread for Fresh Faith at freshfaith247.com and you click Fresh Bread in the menu or click the link in the show notes. Go get it. Want you to have it. Speaking of uh, Fresh Bread, we have a segment in each of our shows called Fresh Bread where we we bring you the Word of God and relating it to to real life here at Fresh Faith in Real Life. And this time we're, we're talking about God's will talking about prayer and God's will. So let's get into this next segment of Fresh Bread. Let me pull the curtain back. I remember a time when I was wrestling with where God wanted me in my job. I was serving in a job I really loved, but I knew I was becoming less and less of a good fit there. And the Lord was moving beyond, but I didn't know where. And it's a scary spot to be, isn't it? (laughs) I'm a guy who likes adventure, so I don't know how scary it was, but I was a little bit nervous. And I found myself during that time of seeking, relying on my own wisdom and effort. I turn inward. I can't tell you how many hours I spent on job sites. And it left me cold and at a dead end. And I finally had to say no to that. I was seeking the answer outside of God. I was violating this truth from Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. So when I realized that, I was driven to prayer. Not just a short prayer, but a season of prayer. 
I'd pray starting the day and I'd pray during the day. I even took extended times of prayer with God. I didn't consider myself super spiritual. I dealt with the emotions of insecurity, nervousness, anxiety, uncertainty. Bottom line, I was hungering to know where God was leading me. And as we wrestle with God's will, we really need to have a number of come to Jesus moments. And I do mean come to Jesus. When I finally went to Jesus purely, really focusing on my time with him, I resisted job boards. I resisted my own wisdom, and I leaned into God. On a personal retreat day with God, I I walked a long trail. I poured my heart out to him. I walked and I talked. I listened. At one point, I stopped and picked up a small rock that I call my, my rock of courage to remind me to have the courage to do whatever God would lead me to do. I still keep it on my desk today as a reminder. And the Lord did answer. The Lord did direct me as I turned to him. So let's let's look at your life. Let's turn this thing around. Are, are you seeking God about something? Are you trying to find an answer about that big decision? Are you fuzzy on the next steps? You're longing for clarity and maybe even fearful about making the wrong choice. That was me. I didn't want to make the wrong choice. I encourage you to do what I did and and pour your heart out to God. Tell him the good and the bad. Empty your soul of the feelings of fear and anxiety and uncertainty. If you're frustrated, tell God that. If you're lost, share it with him. It's not going to surprise God. (laughs) He's not going to say, wow, I didn't know that. (laughs) He loves you. He desires your transparency. So trust him with this big decision of your life. Trust him with your life. I think of King Solomon, great example. He was invited by God to ask for whatever he wanted. Can you imagine that? I'm not sure what was on Solomon's bucket list, but here's what he asked God for in 2 Chronicles 1.10. He said, give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people. Wow, we learned a couple things from this prayer. First, ask for wisdom. God promises in James 1, 5, you know that verse, if any one of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Hmm. Second, uh, use the wisdom that God gives you for the glory of God. King Solomon asked for wisdom to lead God's nation. His heart was to fulfill God's will, and that should be our heart as we pray for wisdom. So my prayer for you is that you gain clarity as you push away the things of this world. And as you lean into God, as you seek his face and his wisdom at this point, this crossroads in your life. And I want to pray for you. I really do. Let's do that right now. Let's pray together. If you're driving, don't close your eyes. If you're running on the track, no, don't close your eyes there either. But uh, Lord, at, I pray for my brothers and sisters now who are at crossroads of life. And I pray that you would give them your direction, give them your wisdom. I pray that as they seek you, they would find you and they would understand more clearly what decision to make in this crossroads of life. And it's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. My guest has been down several crossroads in his life, and he recently shared with a group of us about how God led him each time. And I was fascinated. 
So I asked him to come on the podcast. I mean, this was just last week. And I said, Wayne, you got to come tell our listeners. Wayne Peterson and I have served in missions and media ministry together for many years. We're both part of the leadership of the Alliance for the Unreached. You've got the International Day for the Unreached coming up June 5th. And we're a part of that. Uh, Wayne is also led two major Christian radio networks. You might be familiar with them. One is Moody, Moody Radio, and the other was, is Northwestern. You might know them by KTIS as their flagship station. He was also the CEO of Reach Beyond and serves on many ministry boards, including one that he'll tell us about in, in this fascinating interview. Now, you think, oh gosh, this guy, he's like, he's a leader. He's one of these major ministries and everything. How can I relate to him? Well, you're going to find that Wayne is so approachable. He's so friendly. You'll hear that in the interview. So don't think that you can't relate to him. He's gone through some things in his life as he'll open up and share with us. And I just want you to hear that. But before we go into the topic of God's will, I asked Wayne to tell us about a fascinating experience that he just had. You're fresh off one of the most significant events of your life. And uh, you and Willie uh, had this uh, a couple weeks that I think from what I've heard has transformed you and your thinking and your life and the things that you saw and experienced. And that's why one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the on the show, we're going to get into when we are at a crossroads in life and we have major decisions we have to make and what that's all about, what you've experienced and some advice that you'll share to for our listeners. But before we get into that, you got to tell us about this this trip that you just came back from? Well, I've been incredibly blessed. You know, I I was raised on a small dairy farm in northern Minnesota. And to think that I've had opportunity to meet with the president of Egypt and the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, and you know, those things is incomprehensible. The psalmist said in Psalm 16, Lord, your lines have fallen onto me in pleasant places. And I could certainly testify that. And uh, this delegation that we were just on, it was a delegation of 12 evangelical business and media leaders that went to Bahrain and to United Arab Emirates and to Tel Aviv to meet with, with uh, the original signers of the Abraham Accord, which is a story in itself of how God is bringing Israel and the neighboring Arab countries into diplomatic relationships and uh, working collaboratively rather than competitively and oftentimes violently is a miracle in our modern times. Uh, John, this is the fourth delegation I've been on under the leadership of Joel Rosenberg. Joel is a best-selling author. He writes political thrillers about uh, events happening in the Gulf region and the Middle East, which uh, are eerily prophetic at times, what he writes about happens. But that's because he has on the pulse of what's happening among the leadership in those countries. And so um, in previous uh, meetings, we've uh, been to United Arab Emirates, met with the Crown Prince, in Saudi Arabia twice to meet with the Crown Prince, in Egypt at the invitation of the President of Egypt, President of LCC. And these are doors that have opened in the last five years that no one could have imagined that these Arab countries, these Muslim countries would open their doors for the first time to a delegation of evangelical leaders. And we would sit at the same table and learn from one another. We'd be able to share what we believe about Jesus, our savior, to be able to pray with these leaders in the name of Jesus is amazing. 
And this last trip was even more focused. We didn't meet with the crown prince, but we met with the minister of education, the minister of defense, the minister of security, the minister of tourism. Uh, United Arab Emirates has a ministry of tolerance whose main objective is to spread the word among their constituents, but also other countries, that people of all faiths are welcome here. And that wasn't true five years ago, where it was so closed. And now they've made deliberate attempts publicly and privately and internally to say Christians are welcome here. And we're not just going to tolerate them, we're going to accept them. And so I see this as a place where you know, the Bible says, uh, Jesus says, I can open doors no man can open, and I can shut doors that no man can close. And we see this as little cracks in the wall, whereas it was incomprehensible that we'd have this opportunity to be ambassadors for Christ in these Muslim countries is nothing short of miraculous. Oh, it seems so unlikely. When you, when you say this, you went there uh, in peace and were received in peace and you said you actually got to, to share the gospel? Well, we do at each of our meetings. Uh, first of all, Joel Rosenberg, has, his most recent book is a nonfiction group called Enemies and Allies, where he's talked about how God has opened the doors and paved the way for the Abraham Accord. And so we presented a copy of that book to each of the ministers that we, and not, not ministers in the Christian ministers, but ministers, leaders in the country, the Minister of Defense, the Minister of Tourism, and so on, uh, to tell the story of uh, the, the history and the background to this. But in every meeting, we had opportunities to share what we as evangelicals believe about Jesus. Now, in the Muslim world, Jesus is recognized as a great prophet, uh, probably second over to Muhammad, so they highly respect Jesus as a great prophet. And to be able to share that he's our personal savior who lived the life that we couldn't live, died the death that we deserve to die, rose from the dead so that we could live with him forever, and to tell that story uh, verbally and in written form. And then secondly, to pray with each of these leaders. We, in each of these ministry meetings, we ask, can we pray for you? And we prayed for them. We prayed for their families. We prayed for their countries. And we prayed in the name of Jesus, our Savior. And uh, it was emotional. And the spirit of God's presence, if you can believe this, was palpable in those meetings. We just felt that God was creating this open atmosphere and freedom for us to share our faith and pray for them in the name of Jesus. It was surreal. So how did they respond to that when he kept bringing Jesus up in the conversation? Well, we had to be discreet because we weren't there to evangelize. We were to, there to build the relationships. But as their questions came up and as the opportunity, we did talk freely about our faith. And we talked about the 60 million evangelicals in the United States that love Israel, that love the neighboring countries, and that we uh, are supporting their, uh, their, their attempts, actually, their strategies to fight terrorism, to stand together united with Israel and the other Arab nations to fight ISIS and Hezbollah and to fight Iran and, and uh, to realize that America is one of their greatest allies and the Christians in America. So as it came up in natural conversations, I, I did not any, I did not any, detect any stiffening that, 
oh, this is really uncomfortable. This is weird and you shouldn't be talking about this. Um, it was only warmth and open hospitality. Uh, did we call for people to repent and receive Jesus as their savior? No, but we did have the complete freedom to talk about Jesus as the son of God and savior of the world. As you think, see things open up in some of these countries towards Christians and Christianity, uh, how, how will that affect believers, the small number of believers in these countries in the future? And do you think that the church will grow? Yes. Well, um, in the United Arab Emirates, there's total freedom. There's a large church in Dubai, second largest church in Abu Dhabi. In fact, uh, the Joshua Fund is going to help support the building of that church. But we visited a church. It was kind of a church condo in one building. There are like 30 congregations that meet there. And you go on the door, there is the schedule. It looks like the airline schedules of this congregation meets Tuesday at 8 p.m. This congregation meets Wednesday noon and so on. And uh, so the church is alive and well there. In Bahrain, the king donated a piece of property for a Catholic church there. It's a Franciscan church. And we enter into this beautiful, beautiful church. There are murals all around telling the story of Jesus' life, the Annunciation, his birth, his baptism, his miracles, his death, his resurrection, his ascension tells the Jesus story in pictorial form. So uh, they want to see more of it. And yes, there are the mosques all over, no question about that. In Egypt, the president, al-Sisi, allocated money to build a church, a 6,000-seat church just outside of Cairo for Christians to meet. And we were invited back on the uh, Egyptian Christmas to dedicate that new church. Uh, the president of Egypt is building rebuilding all the churches were, that were burned down to the Muslim Brotherhood during the Arab Spring. So, uh, and he did that as a sign to his internal citizens, but also to the world that Christians are welcomed here. Even Saudi Arabia, that is not allowing us to build church, we asked the Crown Prince, when will you allow churches to be built here? And he said, we're not ready yet. If we were to build a church, it would be attacked by the terrorists. And he said, well, we'll go slowly on this. But Christians are welcome to gather, to pray and worship together in their homes. And, and the government is not going to interfere with them. And there will come a day when we will uh, do that. But uh, for the first time, Saudi Arabia, uh, United Arab Emirates, Bahrain are uh, recognizing Israel to exist as a state. They are taking a stand against the Palestinians who are uh, opposing all of this. They are establishing diplomatic relationship and business relationship for the first time with Israel. And it's a whole new day in the region. Well, this is fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Um, and how can our listeners pray from this point forward? Well, to pray for the believers there, they're definitely in a minority. Uh, Bahrain, I think, is uh, like 2.7% evangelical Christians. United Arab Emirates is 1.7%. Believe it or not, Israel, the land where Jesus walked, there are only 30,000 believers there, what we would say born-again believers, devout Christ followers, 30,000 out of 8 million. The Christian population there is 0.7%. 
So we need to pray that the Holy Spirit would continue to bless those countries with a revival. The church would continue to grow. The Christians would be emboldened to share their faith where there is still pockets of resistance. And that the, um, that the uh, Islamic community would continue to desire to live at peace with Christians. Mm. And uh, we heard the Crown Prince say, we want to go back to what we were 40 years ago before the Ayatollah tried to create this Islamic state where we could live at peaceably with people of all faiths. And so pray that that openness, the hospitality to Christians, to people of all faiths would continue. Okay. And let's just uh, clarify something here, kind of put it in perspective for our listeners. So Joel Rosenberg, he... Uh, spearheaded this trip, uh, and his ministry is the Joshua Fund. Is that correct? That is, and uh, it's a nonprofit that Joe, uh, Joel created. Uh, I'm privileged to be chairman of the board and to be a part of these uh, delegations, but I was also invited to be part of the delegation as a Christian broadcaster uh, in my role as former chairman, former president of NRB. I represented uh, Christian media in this country uh, on these delegations as well. That's great. Uh, and another thing, too, you referred back to the Abraham Accord. And when you said yeah. that, I know our listeners are going, please explain that to me. So can, uh, can you uh, give us a, a quick summary of what that is? Well, this was a culmination of uh, years and years of planning and to create a diplomatic uh, collegial relationship between Israel and the neighboring uh, uh, Arabic countries. And so under the Trump administration and under the leadership of Trump's son-in-law and David Friedman, who was the U.S. ambassador to Israel at this time, uh, created the dynamic for the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, and Israel, and the U.S. to sign a peace accord between those countries, building diplomatic and uh, filial relationships. Since then, uh, Sudan, and Morocco and some of the other smaller Arabic nations. Um, Egypt uh, signed the peace accord. I think Saudi Arabia will soon sign the peace accord. So to see this uh, coming together of the Arabic nations and Israel and the United States to promote peace in the region, we've been praying for years and years, for decades, for centuries, for peace in the region and not war. So this is a significant and historic step for peace in, in the uh, Palestinian area and the Gulf region, uh, peace among the nations too, and also strategic to stand against terrorism, to stand against uh, Iran and ISIS and Hezbollah and uh, some of the uh, Haram uh, to, uh, and that, that comes, you know, brings in the countries of Lebanon that are being overrun by the terrorists these days. So as much as the peace accord is about filial um, diplomatic relationships, a strong stand against terrorists that would seek to destroy Israel and to destroy America. Wayne, as uh, our listeners are interested in finding more out about your ministry that you're chairing the, the board of the Joshua Fund, what is the web address for that? Well, I advise uh, uh, your listeners to go on board and sign up for All Israel News. It's a free news service and All Arab News. Uh, these are two news organizations we have uh, formed uh, together with other organizations. It's called Near East Media. And the, there's an All Arab News 
and in all Israel news. And the best way to keep current on all of this is to sign up. They will get daily reports that you won't get on any other news service of what's going on in the land, what's going on in Israel, what's going on in the Arab nation. And it'd be very encouraging because so much of the mainstream media, I'm sorry to say, just presents the dark figure of war and violence and terrorism. And you will get a true picture there. So just go to allarabnews.org or allisraelnews.org or to, to do a, to do a, uh, a search and you'll find those news services. Well, I'll put a link in the show notes as well so you can sure. find that. And uh, you can also uh, go to uh, the uh, the website for joshuafund.net. Okay. joshuafund.net. And that'll there'll be links there for all this other stuff. There are a great number of resources now on social media you can access. Yes. You get a true picture of what's happening in the region. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that thrilling? I wanted you to hear Wayne's experience. It's so fresh. He was just over there, oh, a, a couple weeks ago. And I wanted him to, to share that with us. Now we're going to turn the corner and into the area of finding God's will. And the rest of my interview with Wayne is totally centered on that and his experience. Before we go there, I remind you that Fresh Bread for Fresh Faith is the free three times a week devotional that I'll serve fresh into your email box early in the morning on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. And you can get it. You can sign up. It's free. Click the link in the show notes or go to freshfaith247.com and click on Fresh Bread in the menu. Okay. Finding God's will. Discovering God's will. Let's hear what Wayne has to say. You've faced what I call crossroads decisions in your own life. You've had had a few of those. And so I just ask you, maybe take us into your world and um, bring us a couple of those and share with us how God has worked in your life. Well, I can think of several points in my life. Uh, as I was speaking to our group of friends, John, the other day, as I shared uh, you know, growing up on a dairy farm in northern Minnesota, very isolated. I thought everybody had 30 below weather and 40 inches of snow. <laughs> Little did I know the, the outside world. But we attended, a, we were part of a tiny country church in Maple Bay, Minnesota. And our Sunday school class was doing the program that day to the church. I was about 10 years old. And we were singing that hymn, I love to tell the story of unseen things above. And I got to the verse with, where it's, uh, the song was, I love to tell the story of those that have never heard the message of salvation from God's holy word. And I started to cry. I mean, a 10-year-old kid, why would that make me cry? What was it that God had in my heart at that point that would make a 10-year-old kid on a small dairy farm in northern Minnesota cry singing about bringing the story to those that have never heard. And I didn't realize, John, till years later, as I looked upon that almost forgotten experience. And it goes on from there when I was 16, we were coming back from a Bible camp on the church bus. I was a good church kid, not really sold out to God because I wanted to be a DJ. I didn't want to be a pastor or a missionary. <laughs> I wanted to be a radio DJ because I loved radio. I had a you passion. And me both. <laughs> yeah, you know, so I had a little radio station I set up in my room upstairs in our farmhouse and played radio. But we were coming uh, back from the church bus and my cousin Bev started to cry. And she had heard the invitation that night. 
before we left for home from Bible camp. And she said, I don't know Jesus as my savior. I don't know that my sins are forgiven. I don't know if I'm going to heaven or not. Bev was a good church kid like me. And uh, I came and we talked and another friend and I prayed with her and led her to personal faith in Christ and assurance of salvation. And I went back to my seat on the bus and I heard God's voice, not audible, but deep in my heart, Wayne, I want to use you to help good religious people that don't have a relationship with Christ to find, find a personal relationship with Christ. I thought that meant being a pastor. I thought that meant giving up my, but that was when I said, yes, God, whatever you want. If you want me to be a pastor in Manhole, South Dakota, I'll do that, whatever you want. <laughs> but meanwhile, John, uh, going through the University of Minnesota, I got a job in radio doing weekends on KTIS radio in Minneapolis. And I loved radio. I loved doing that, being on the air. And those days you read the news, you did the weather, you played the records, you know, did it all. And I loved doing that. And I still had this little argument what God wanted me to do, because I was now in seminary preparing to be a pastor and what I love doing radio. And one night with my face in the carpet, literally in our little apartment in North Minneapolis, I said, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'm tired of this conflict. I just want peace knowing I'm in your will. And I released my desires to him. And the Bible says, when you let God make the decision. He gives you the desires of your heart. And John, it was almost immediately, I don't know if it was hours, days, or weeks, God said, I want you in radio. I want you in media. I gave you the passion and the skills to do radio. That's how I want you to serve me. It was like I had to come to the place to surrender my own dreams and be whatever God wanted me to be when he then gave me permission. He says, I used, I created you with his DNA, I want to use you in radio. So, John, you know, a 50-year career in radio. Yeah, yeah you've had an and impact on thousands and thousands of lives of listeners and also other radio uh, leaders and media leaders in Christian media. Several, As you were just yeah. giving it all up to God, I'll do it, whatever you want me to do, you are in the back of your mind when you're saying, okay, God, if you want me to be a pastor, I'll do it. <laughs> Is that well, kind that of what that And I did, but I'm willing to do it. But uh, that quickly faded behind when God released me. And I can't even describe that intangible, pro but I knew, I knew that I knew that uh, God wanted me in radio. Now, another thirding point was I was now with Moody Radio in Chicago, and I served on the this board. Was further, this is further this along, is further along than, yeah. in my adult career. But this is another major signpost is that I was at Moody and I was on the board of HCJB. The president uh, resigned and the board was looking for its next president. And HCJB and is a missions, uh, media missions organization. Yeah, like TWR or FEBC. And um, they were looking for a new president. And uh, I was alone in our condo in Chicago, thinking this might come my way. I didn't know at this point. And I was, I set aside a Saturday with my yellow notepad and my black felt pen and my Bible, and I'm going to find God's will today. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was, it just so happened in my reading, I was reading in Romans. 9, 10, 11, 12, if you remember reading through that, it talks about how will they hear the message 
unless somebody tells them. And how will somebody tell them unless somebody goes? And how will they go unless they are called? And then a continued reading, those that have never sought me will find me. Those who are not of my family will now be part of my family. And it was speaking to what HCJB does, focused on places that are less than 2% Christian and planning radio stations in unreached places of the world. And I finally got to Romans 15, 20, and where Paul says, it was always my ambition to preach the gospel where the name of Christ is not known. And that nailed it. God said, again, not in an audible voice, Wayne, if this is offered to you, you can't say no. And when the offer came three months later, to, to say no would have been disobedient to God's call. So you and had to I wait three months. Had to it wait. Was, it, didn't, it wasn't like the next day. No, it wasn't the next day because I was, uh, in fact, the search committee, they had two candidates. And the other candidate, I said uh, to the chairman of the search committee, is the other guy a good candidate? He said, oh, yeah, he's very good. I said, pick him, pick him. I've got a good job. <laughs> But the search committee, uh, it was an amazing moment where they were, uh, uh, they said, I think Wayne's the guy. I think we should offer this way. So I'm on the phone talking to Norma and say, Norma, I think we're moving. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what brought me into the whole global scene. Well, with, let me go back a second, though, on yeah. that decision that you made, because you were at Moody at the time. And from what mm -hmm. I understand, you've told me in the past that things were going really well and you were in yeah. a good spot and um, things were on an uptick and you were really satisfied in your ministry there. Uh, absolutely. I love my job. I love living in Chicago. Love the people that we're working with there. And Moody, I mean, is cream de la cream as far as Christian radio, as far as I'm concerned, and having the privilege of doing that. So that was one of the saddest transitions I've ever made. Uh, when the time came to leave, there were tears and tears and tears from my team, a couple of people are still mad at me for leaving Moody <laughs> and tears uh, that when we left, we had made some deep friendships there and to leave that calling for a fresh new calling, John, it wasn't easy. It was one of the most difficult things I've ever gone through to leave that assignment and go to something entirely new. What, what did God teach you through that? Because you say that and some people would say, well, you know, that maybe you shouldn't have left. I mean, what is, as you go, as you look back on that, it, shows us that when we follow the Lord, sometimes it's not a choice between bad and good, but it's between great and great. <laughs> well, John, humanly speaking, you would look back on that and say that was a mistake. <laughs> and not that I haven't looked back at times, what? But God's uh, calling was so clear that you have to go with that. Now, there's a place for certain, and I, I want to talk about the five C's of following God's will in just a minute. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, to leave something that was going well, but you know, John, better to leave a ministry when things are going great than to leave when things are going bad. Uh -huh. I mean, yeah. that's the fact of the matter. Practically speaking, when things are going on the up and, uh, that's really uh, sad as it is time to leave, not when things are, you don't want to leave a sinking ship. So this was a sh ship that was cruising and thriving and, um, but it was your time. I mean, God uh, has has the bigger picture in mind, and He's using us in our our piece of the of the plan. Yeah. And you you referred a moment ago that it opened up global ministry to you, and yeah. this was a, a brand new area of ministry that got expanded yeah. your 
your mindset and your influence and your involvement and tell us more about that. Well, and John, you could relate because I know you went through a similar process a few years later, kind of a gigantic move like my move from um, Moody to HCJB. But, um, you know, Henry, Henry Blackaby told a small group of us years earlier, he said, I brought him in to speak at a conference and I, you know, I was leading the, the, the meeting and he said, don't tell God you'll do anything for him if you won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> and man, did that cut through me. Don't tell God you'll do anything if you're not really going to do it. And I took that with me through these various decisions. And, uh, you know, I, we all pray, God, I'll do anything for you. But you can't, you can't, somebody else said, you can't say no, Lord. If the Lord is the Lord of your life, you can't say no. The answer always has to be, yes, Lord. <laughs> no, Lord. Well, what did God do in your life to bring you to that point? I mean, there's got to be an undergirding of what, uh, of your relationship, the strength of your relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So you can be vulnerable and willing to let go at times like this and when yeah. big decisions in life come. Well, when I left KTIs, it was one of those times. I thought I was going to retire there. And we left family and home and familiarity and a great church and a great job to do something different. Same at Moody. And uh, even at HCJB, Reach Beyond now is, is their name. There came a time when I felt peace about stepping aside into a total new role. And that has had implications for working with Joel Rosenberg, uh, with the Joshua Fund, working with you, John, on the Alliance for the Unreached, and bringing us to a whole new level of influence. I'm no longer running a large organization, but having an opportunity to influence through serving on boards, uh, governing board, uh, to uh, have opportunity to influence ministries and individuals in coming alongside and counseling them and guiding them. When you're old, people think that you're smart, you know something, and they come to you, Wayne, I need some help on this kind of thing. So the, the four stages of career are worker, manager, leader, influencer. I'm no longer leading, but I am having the opportunity in my 70s now to influence and honestly, I don't feel 70. I feel like I'm 50 because God has <laughs> given energy to do this stuff. And I'm incredibly blessed. You know, football games are won and lost in the fourth quarter. I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan. I can tell you from experience, <laughs> games are lost in the fourth quarter. And in the fourth quarter of our lives, it can be either uh, the uh, disappointing part of life or it can be the most influential, significant uh, meaningful parts of our lives. And I'm living in a, in a great fourth quarter. Mm. I can attest uh, to Wayne's. Um, he says he's in his seventies and he doesn't feel that way. I'm a few years behind him, but whenever we go running and he's a great runner, he's always <laughs> many steps ahead of me. And oh, not anymore, <laughs> so you yeah, prove that uh, and, but, and your um, spiritual freshness and and life just yeah. shines through. And I know our but, listeners. You know, can... be, before we run out of time, I want to talk about the five C's. Yes. Yes. Please now, get into that. I haven't been keeping track of the time here, but our radio guy should, but in knowing God's will, I have the five C's. One is the commanding word of God, to read God's word like I did in Chicago and to read those, verses, read those verses on guidance. God's word was a powerful influence. But then the 
the compelling spirit. The Holy Spirit directs us and speaks to our inner being. God's spirit speaks to our spirit uh, without an audible conversation. Uh, so the compelling spirit, we need to be open to hearing the whispers of God in our lives. The third is the counsel of friends. Uh, when I was making that shift from uh, Moody to HCJB, a couple of respected friends, Jim Gwynn of Christian Ministries, Ron Klein of HCJB, the, the ones that came alongside that said, Wayne, this is perfect for you. You need to do this. I listened to those, that counsel of those uh, uh, wise friends, commanding word of God, compelling Holy Spirit, counsel of friends, and then creation. God has created us with a certain DNA. For me, it was a passion for radio, a fascination with radio, and the ability to communicate over the microphone to people, to hundreds of thousands of people. That was part of the way God created me. And God wants to use the DNA he's put in our lives to create. He's not waiting for us to surrender so he can make us miserable in a job that's not a fit. He's not putting square pegs in round holes. And he can use the way he's created us. For me, it was radio. For me, it was broadcasting. And finally, the fifth C is circumstance. The circumstances God brings into our lives. Um, a couple of times, it was the death of a person that had gone before me. The NRB job was Brant Gustafson's passing away. For me at Moody, it was Bob Neff's passing away. At HCJB, it was the resignation of, of the previous CEO. These circumstances, the timing, you have to trust the circumstances in our lives. And sometimes they're really inconvenient for us, but there are circumstances that God has created that it's very clear God is in this thing. Commanding word, compelling spirit, counsel of friends, the way we're created, and the circumstances that comes along are the ways God guides us. I really like this. And a lot of times we get it backwards. We start with circumstances. Yeah. We say, oh, it's all lining up. This is where we should go. And, sure. and uh, well, I'm made for this. And, and yet I love the way you put commanding word of God, mm -hmm. compelling spirit, counsel of friends. I don't know if you uh, arrange those in priority order, but I think that's a great order. <laughs> I think it is the right order, uh, certainly is. And, um, you know, back in the days before radar and uh, all the things that ships had to navigate, harbors had lights. They had five lights lined up, uh, uh, red, green lights. And as you came into the harbor, you saw those five lights spread out. And when they all lined up where you saw one light, that was the time to go safely into the harbor when everything lined up. And so when these things light up, we know that we can move forward uh, with God's guidance and, and we're on the right path. And what I want to say about you, Wayne, um, and let our listeners know this, to put all this in context, is Wayne is a, is a man of God who studies the word, prays, seeks the Lord. Uh, that's an undergirding of who he is and, and what he does. He's got this strong relationship with Jesus because he spends time with Jesus. And uh, it, it's, it's these things, these five C's that he talks about that I guess sits on the bedrock of a relationship with Christ, where you can't just say, okay, I'm going to get it right with Jesus. And then I'm going to go after these things to seek as well. We need to be right with Jesus. So there is that bedrock there. And I, I really admire that 
of you, Wayne, because I know throughout your life, it hasn't always been easy. And as you seek God's will, there's conflict, there's, uh, it's, it's a rocky road at some points, but, but you've weathered it and you continue to move forward and look where you are. As you said, right now, you're influencing so many people because of where God has led you throughout the decades that you followed him. Thank you, John. And as you know, it's not all uphill. There are trials that come along. When you follow Christ, there's no guarantee. Everything's going to be good. And you were a part of the time when I lost my dear uh, Norma. Uh, you were part of the time when I was unjustly treated by an organization, false things said about me. And uh, you know, Rick Warren said, the more prominent you are, the more attacks there are going to be. And there's spiritual warfare when we serve Christ, uh, there's that we have to be aware of, that it's not no guarantee of smooth sailing, but to have friends like you, John, and the power of the Holy Spirit and the companionship of Jesus, and, you know, it, it makes up for all the bad stuff that happened. <laughs> Thank you, Wayne. We call this fresh faith in real life, and that's what uh, we've been talking about today. Well, God bless you. And thank you for your friendship. I, I remember when I made the move to where I am right now, I came to you and said, well, what do you think, Wayne? I remember they were sitting in the coffee shop and we're talking to each other and you almost jumped out of your chair and you said, what are you waiting for? This is, this is <laughs> I do remember fit. that. I do remember that. Yeah. That was a singular moment. Yeah, so, and here comes TWR. So that's yeah. where, that's where I that's landed. Great. And uh, enjoying my time there, I'll tell you to have the opportunity to take the gospel to the world through this great media organization. Well, uh, I'm going to let you go. Uh, we could talk more uh, and maybe I'll have you back again sometime. Okay. I'd love to. As we come away from that interview with Wayne Peterson, uh, I love what he laid out as the five C's. I'm going to put these in the show notes. As I mentioned, commanding word of God, compelling spirit, counsel of friends, creation, your DNA and circumstances. Oh, Good. Good stuff there. So, Wayne, thanks again for being on the show and lending us your personal story, opening up and sharing with us some wisdom. Hope you found that to be true. I want to hear what you have to say as a listener. Let me know what your thoughts are following hearing Wayne's interview. Go ahead and email me, john at freshfaith247.com. You can also click the link in the show notes. It's a link to my email address. And how is God working in your life? How is he leading you? What have you found to be helpful as you discover God's will. Let's talk about that. Let's share that. If you're a member of Fresh Faith 24-7, let's talk about that in our community as well. If you have any questions, if you have any suggested guests for the show, again, shoot me an email at john at freshfaith247.com. Would love to feature your question or a guest that you're suggesting for the show that I can follow up on. If you're looking for a place where you can join other believers, like-minded believers who are seeking to know Christ, who are seeking to set everything aside to know Jesus and know him more deeply and talking about it together and doing that in community, there's strength in numbers. I encourage you to check out Fresh Faith 24-7. Go to freshfaith247.com. Got a free 30-day trial. You can look into it, look over the content ingest it, digest it, uh, fellowship with other believers, and really come to the point of of knowing Christ more deeply. We do that together inside Fresh Faith 24-7. That's it for now, and we'll be back next week in another episode of Fresh Faith in Real Life. Until then, God bless you as you seek his will daily for the little things 
in the big things.